0: Father, we are grateful for all that you've done for us, God. Thank you, Father. God, that you've established our ways, that you are the light into our feet Mm. and into our path, God. That you lead us into the everlasting. Mm. God, I pray that we would always come before you in all seasons with a grateful and a humble heart. God, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather to worship you in your name today. God, we pray for your persecuted church today, God. That you would protect them by the power of your name, Lord. Father, that your word would continue to go forth. And as the enemy, God, would try to block it, Father. We know that your word never comes back void. God, I pray for those who are standing in a trial today, God. Mm. I pray that you would calm the storm. Father, that they would seek you with all that they have. And that you would mm. move mountains. Yes, Lord Jesus. God, as we come together to worship you, Father, and to hear your word, and Father, may we feel conviction. May we be obedient. May we move, may chains break, mm. and soil be made good. Yes, Lord. Father, I pray that you would strengthen your servant today for the message that he brings on your behalf, Lord. Yes, and Father, we thank you for the body of Christ that you have given us one another. Yes, sir. That we may walk this journey together. In your name, amen.
1: Amen, let's worship our King <clears throat> yes.
2: Neon lights and stained glass windows Old bar stools and back row pews. a ran to one more than the earth couldn't outrun you Trying to fill up all the empty Trying to know the pain inside Thinking you'd never forgive me for all those Saturday nights But thank God
1: Thank you, Lord Jesus, for that truth. Your word promises, God, that you will never leave us nor forsake us, Lord. That you are with us until the very end of the age. Lord, that you are a good God. That your love endures forever. There's no God like you. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the risen one. You've conquered sin and death. And Father, the hope that we have in Jesus, if that truly is our hope in Christ and in Christ alone, God, that hope will never bring disappointment. You are the conquering king, the great I am, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Know oh, how I pray, God, that we know you. Because, Father, you are pleased to reveal yourself to us through your Son, Jesus. And even the encouragement that we find in Scripture, in Romans 5, 1, that therefore now we are at peace with God. No longer your enemies, no longer at war against your throne, but through Christ we now are at peace with you. Through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Father, if there's any among us today or any that are listening via Zoom this morning or later on, on the podcast, God, and they are not in Christ, oh, how I pray, God, that the conviction of the Holy Spirit, Lord, would draw them to repentance. God, let us not forget it is your loving kindness that brings us and leads us to repentance a turning away from that old nature, a dying to self, receiving the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, not by our own works or by our own merits, but all because of what Christ Jesus accomplished. God, may they not slip into an eternity apart from you, God, may heaven rejoice <laughs> because they come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that, Lord. Bless our time, the reading of your word today, God. God, I pray for each of us, Lord, that you would give us a greater hunger and thirst for righteousness, Father, for your name's sake. God, may we not be people, Father, bound by shame and guilt and condemnation, God, if we're truly your people, Father, if we're truly in Christ, Father, now your word says that there is therefore no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So, Father, may we walk upright amongst a wicked and perverse generation. God, be in your hands and your feet to accomplish your will, all for your glory. And we thank you for the opportunity to gather in Jesus name. Amen. amen. Application sustained effort, hard work. Sustained effort and hard work your Christian life. The Christian life it's consistent. It's hard work. It's not a just kumbaya You know, come as you are, remain as you are, live freely, do whatever you want. Slap Jesus' name on your life. That's not the Christian life, that's not the gospel. Jesus himself said, consider the cost before you come and to follow me. Because it's going to cost you everything. Jesus himself said, if if you're going to be my disciple, my student... (laughs) then you must understand that you must deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. He says, you must abide in me. You must remain in me. That apart from me, you could do nothing. And then he says, if you put your hand to the plow and you keep looking back, you're not fit for my kingdom. Like the kingdom of God, it, it has been announced. <laughs> the kingdom of God. God is moving. When God spoke and the earth was formed, God's plan, what he had always purposed. You have to remember, the cross isn't an afterthought. No, it was always purpose. Jesus was always purpose. Adam and Eve, when they sinned, it didn't shock God. He knew it was going to happen. He set forth the cross. Jesus was to come, the Messiah. Love was to be displayed to all creation. This is Jesus' purpose. And that he will have a a people... That he will call his own and in return they will call him their God. And we see that all throughout scripture from Genesis to Revelation. Understand this is God's will. This isn't man's design. This isn't some you know religious institution that man has somehow manipulated and formulated and said here let's establish it. No, no, no. This is God. And so when we think of application and applying God's truth, it is just, it's a stained effort. It's hard work. It's from the root word, apply, to give one's full attention. You can't be half-hearted as a Christian. You can't be double-minded as a Christian. The Bible warns us of that. It says if you're double-minded, you ought not to even pray. You're going to constantly be tossed to and fro. Every form of weird teaching that comes along, you're you're going to be led astray by. You ask for something, you're living in rebellion, thinking God's going to bless your rebellion. That's not who God is. That's why we must know our God. And we must fear our God. He must remain holy because He's a holy God. See, so we gotta get, we gotta, we gotta wake up to, to, to truly tr- what truth is. Just because Jesus came, he didn't do away with the Father. <laughs> The same God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. Man doesn't like that. We like to strip him down and make him common. He's our homeboy. He, 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 you know, he just hangs with us. And that's the wrong message to give people. He is still a holy God. And his wrath that was always meant to come is coming. The Bible says it is stored up, and there's a day that it's going to be unleashed. But even before it's unleashed, the Bible gives us specific warning signs of what the earth is going to look like before that day. But as Christians, we're not fearful. We ought not to be fearful. We're not to be caught off guard. No, no, no. As you were praying earlier, Norman, as I've been thinking about it this week, like we're to be those virgins who have their lamps filled. And when the religious people want to come and say, here, give us some. No, 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 you go to the store and get your own. And they were taken up. And when those other virgins that weren't prepared came, they were like, let us in. He's like, I don't know you. I don't know you. See, we gotta get real, we gotta get right, we gotta get honest with ourselves and ultimately honest with God. As I asked last week, do you belong to God? That's the question. Not do you belong to yourself or you're this or that. No, do you belong to God? Do you do you truly understand? Listen, it's not easy. It's not. I get it. I keep telling us everything out here is clamoring for your attention. Everything. You have a realm in which you cannot see. You have a world system. And you have your very nature. The very nature, the very essence of your being at war with the throne of God. This is what you're contending up against every single day. And if we're not awaking up to that, you're being lulled to sleep. And to this weird sense of some safe, secure <clears throat> security in a religious faith that isn't secured at all because you're making a mockery of God. I mean, I don't know if you just watched the news the past week. I don't know. You know, forget political parties. Just forget. It's a hot mess. But are you watching what is happening in our nation? Train derailments all over the place. Carrying chemicals. In Ohio. What was released there? They're calling it the second Chernobyl. That was the first. Then there's in Texas. Then there's in South Carolina. Detroit. All over the place. These trains are running off the track and just exploding with all these chemicals. Did you see Austin, Texas last night? Chaos. Madness. Lawlessness. It's beyond control what's happening all throughout. Our cities. If you follow Christian social media, have you seen the the filth that is being portrayed by these Christian leaders who keep giving people the right to themselves, keep just enslaving people? And I go, God, and it can become very discouraging. Like it can seem really big. Like, but then remember, as I've reminded myself all week, how great He is. None of this is taking God by surprise. None of it is. It ought not to take us by surprise, but it ought to prompt us to say, oh God. I see the times. You don't need a preacher to tell you to look. Just look what's happening throughout the earth. 30 some odd thousand people wiped off in an instant because of an earthquake. Even nature's doing weird things. Birds are just falling out of the sky dead all throughout the earth. Animals are acting crazy all throughout the earth. go to sleep, go to sleep, just be religious, have your church when you want it, do what you want to do, just keep sleeping. Listen, until you really grasp the understanding that you were purposed for these times, you're not a mistake. No, you are purposed. Not because man says, but the Word of God says. Like as He was forming you and fashioning you, <laughs> before He placed you in your mother's womb, He purposed you, the Bible says, for good works. Not for yourself, but all for Him. All for Him. But yet when you were placed in her womb and then you came forth, you are encased in this shell with a soul, body, soul, and spirit that's at war with the very one who created you. And he understands that. He understands that. And that's why I keep telling us we can't keep getting our knowledge of God, our theology from this realm, from this system or even from ourselves. No, we've got to know him. Because God is pleased to reveal himself to us. That's why Romans 1 say everyone's no no one has an excuse. They're not going to stand before God and say, "Well, I never knew. No one no one ever told me." No, he says Varying, the creation itself speaks that there is a God. Yes. Like, do we really grasp who he is? What he's called us to? We've gone through since that day being born we began to live We began to develop. Things began to happen to us. Things that were even beyond our control. We've suffered abuse. We've suffered neglect. Our identities became more and more wounded and scarred. We began more and more about ourselves, reacting, just doing to do. Searching. Longing just to belong, just to be loved. Giving ourselves away to anything and to anyone. Chasing after stuff. Just looking to be somewhat whole or complete. And it doesn't take God by surprise. All this confusion that goes on in individuals. My heart breaks for a young man I saw yesterday. I didn't approach him because I didn't want him to think I was hitting on him. But I was so broken for him because I'm in Walmart shopping and he comes around the corner and he's in this lovely skirt with his pantyhose, with his t-shirt, being himself as he's going on But as soon as I would walk in the aisle and I see him walking in the aisle, if there were men in that aisle, masculine men, these country men, they didn't look at him. They didn't even give him a time or day. There was no like disgust. There was nothing prompting this young man who who has taken on this identity to feel any shame because he didn't feel shame the next aisle over. As he was going among himself. Being himself. But as soon as he walked up in that aisle. And there were men. I saw it. As clear as day. And my heart became broken for him. Shame hit him. No one placed it on him. Those men didn't even look at him. Those men didn't say anything. Those men. These. But within him. But within him, all of a sudden, you know, and it kept happening. And I so much wanted to approach him and say, listen, pick up your head. Because if you're going to be bold enough to make this your declaration, then don't let anyone, anyone, anyone make you put your head down. And then I, then my next phrase would have said, but if you ever really want to explore why you allow that shame to come on you, here's my number. Call me. Maybe I'll see him again. I've been praying for him. But my heart was so broken for him. And that happens with all of us. Oh, we have our identities, whatever it is. You know, we go to the clubs, we do whatever, you know, we, we, we gain this, this identity in this flesh that we're identifying with. And yet, and yet, there's always that gnawing emptiness of guilt. And, shame. and a lot of us, we mask it because we do a lot of drugs and drinking and sex and eating and everything else. <laughs> and all along, God is going, I am what you're searching for. You see, all of us, every living being, created being, boy, girl, woman, man, we all have that need. To look up. We're searching. For our creator. We're searching. Where do we belong? And that's why God is pleased. To reveal himself to us. Through his son Jesus. Because he understands that nature. I know you're at war. Against me God says. You are an enemy of mine. And I'm going to make provision. I'm going to make provision. For that. Part of you. To die. Because I'm going to give you the opportunity to be born again. And born again of a new nature. See this weird. God help me. Christianity that's being taught out there. Where just come as you are, stay as you are, poof, you're a Christian. Live by your desires, live by your wants, live by your needs. It's all good because God understands. It's lulling billions of people asleep and they're going to enter in an eternal hell. But God, I understand your condition. i am making provision for you to be born again. Born again of a new nature. <sighs> what is this? I'm still encased in my old self. I still have this flesh within me that's at war trying to gain position again. And That's why the Bible tells us. No, no, no. When it tries, remind it that it has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it's Christ living in and through me. It's sustained effort from here on. I can't live this, Lord. And that's why he says, that's why I had to go away. So that he will come. Who? The Holy Spirit. God. Not a mist, not a feeling, but God himself in you. You understand, it's the Holy Spirit. Not tongue talking, though that could be a gift. Not weirdness, but the reality of power from the created God who says you belong to me now. I've got you. Walk with me. Talk with me. I'm your teacher. I'm your counselor. I'm your guide. I am the power of the resurrection in you. That power that raised Jesus up from the dead, I've placed it in you. And you have to ask yourself, why are you still bound? Why are you still going your way? Why are you wrestling with God as if you're still an enemy of him? See, if you're truly saved, oh, you'll have your moments. Because it's not about perfectionism, because you're not perfect until you're with him. But that doesn't give you the license to keep sinning and doing what you want and living how you want. I'll taste this today and then I'll taste you tomorrow, Lord. Oh, no, no, no. It's all or nothing. He says, you're either for me or you're against me. You choose. You choose this day whom you will serve.
0: He doesn't make,
1: you know, in and out. He's not schizophrenic. He's not up today, down tomorrow. No, he's God. he's, He's just. And we need him to be. Listen, I was a mess. And I could be a mess if I choose to go back and act a fool. I sat there throughout this week just thinking of my old life and going, oh God, if not but for the grace of God. I mean, the darkest places I went to, the other. Hell that I exposed myself to. The level of darkness and perversion and, and the occult and God. Ah. Man. I said, Oh Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, thank you. But I'm a new man in Christ. If you've truly been born again, do you understand what has taken place? Because everything here, here, and here is warring against your very soul to try to distract you from this truth. Do you understand what you could be accomplishing for the kingdom of God if you would just grow up in Christ? Instead of choosing to remain ignorant. And it's your choice. You're choosing to remain at war with the God whom has revealed himself to you because of your ignorance. And you're held accountable for that. Remember, I keep telling you, the Bible says it's best that you never have known than to know. It's best that you stop calling yourself a Christian. Oh, I'm a follower of Christ. I go to church. And then you're out among other people. Either they're Christians or not, and you're a stumbling block for them. I understand, Jesus says it's best that you tie a millstone around your neck and throw yourself in the lake and drown. Because what I'm going to do to you, you see, remember the Psalms that like God speaks to his people and says, Oh, you think my silence was approving of your actions? You think because I didn't poof, your dead, poof, you're dead, poof, you're dead. You didn't see me act in that moment that you thought somehow God's approving of this behavior, God's approving of these thoughts, God's approving of my heart attitude, God's approving all of this. And he says, you thought my silence was approval? You know. No, 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 no. He says, I'm coming for you. That's what the psalm says. Oh, we don't want God to be that way. No, you can't, you can't make him not. He says, I'm coming for you. And I'm going to tear you apart with my own hands. What? No, I don't like to see him that way. Why are you, where do you think you're going to run to? No, 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 no. Jesus did away with him. Jesus did away with him. Did away with who? He came to be obedient to the Father. To reconcile these enemies back to his throne so that we would be the people of God doing the will of God for the glory of God. There is work to be done. And just as there are all this chaos is going on in the earth, are we not watching what's happening in, in these seminaries who are very liberal? And these churches throughout the earth, these gatherings that are taking place where people are hungering for God. God is on the move throughout the earth. Because he will always have a remnant of people in every generation. Because they were purposed. Not everyone is going to follow God. They're not. And God knows that. God knows that. The question is, are you? Do you belong to God? So again, this definition I keep holding up to us because listen... Without application, there's no obedience. Where there's no obedience, there's no faith. And where there's no faith, there's no God. No matter how hard you try. (laughs) But to apply the degree, the degree to which we study, memorize, and meditate on God's Word is the degree to which we understand how it applies to our lives. But understanding the word applies is, I'm sorry, but understanding how the word applies is not enough. We must apply it. Application implies action. And obedient action is the final step in causing God's word to come to life in our lives. The application of Scripture enforces and further enlightens our study. And it also serves to sharpen our discernment. Carrie, get ready to play that one clip I asked you to. And it also serves to sharpen our discernment. Helping us to better distinguish between good and evil. To distinguish between good and evil. To hear His voice and respond No, Rob, that's not how you act any longer. Oh, God, I'm sorry. No, Rob, don't put your hand towards that. Rob, don't let your feet go this way. Rob, keep your eyes on me. Walk. Talk. Live as my ambassador, as my child. Understand the access you have been given. You have full access to the kingdom of God. Come boldly into my presence. Go forth. Bear fruit. This world is not your home. I'm leading you. Keep listening to my voice.
3: getting ready to leave and go back to anchorage and then home and i had a ticket in my pocket to get on an airplane a pastor came up and he said listen i can save you money i said how's that he said i flew a small airplane up here and i fly a small airplane and i can take you in my little airplane and you can save your ticket and this did not sound i said gee thank you so very very much but I've got this ticket, we'll just make our way on home, me and this other lawyer with me. He said, no, 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 you gotta do it, you gotta do it. And against every better judgment I had, I said, okay. Well, we went out to the airport, took us by his little plane and I looked at it and I thought, well, one good thing, it's shiny. Then he walked around it, we got in, he's on the left front, I'm on the right front, the other lawyer's sitting right behind me. And he started it up and it started up just fine well we taxied out i said should we pray he said yeah that's a good idea we normally don't i said well this time we're gonna <laughs> and i'm telling you i prayed five eight minutes i prayed a long time we went and got on the runway he starts down the runway the plane lifted off ever so gently and we start climbing and it's wonderful not a problem in the world we started climbing and we flew probably three four minutes and something happened that will never leave my mind. The pilot turned to me and he said, we're going in the clouds and I can't fly in clouds. They make me pass out. I said, clouds make you do what? (laughs) Now it's been cloudy all day. And we go right up into the clouds and you can't see anything. And he looks at me and his eyes roll back in his head and he starts mumbling. And he passes out, Pass out cold. Now I grabbed him and I shook him and I said, come on, you got to wake up so I can kill you. Now we were in the <laughs> clouds flying along with no pilot. And my friend in the back seat said, we're dead, aren't we? I said, there's a very good chance of that. Yes. He said, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know. But there was a radio right there and I handed him the microphone and I said, start asking for help. So he's in the back seat reaching up and he said, hello, hello. We didn't know any proper radio etiquette. All we were saying was hello. And somebody answered back, hello, hello, don't you guys know proper radio etiquette? And I said, Get him. I said, tell him, we don't know nothing. Tell him we're in an airplane with a passed out pilot and we don't know how to fly this plane. The guy said, I'm a freighter flying out of Anchorage on the way to Tokyo. And he said, you're telling me you have nobody who can fly that plane with you? He said, tell him that's correct. Now you got to understand, I am sweating bullets. He said, the first thing I'm going to do is start circling so I don't lose you because I'll fly out of range of your radio and you won't have me anymore. And he said, I'm going to get Anchorage Emergency for you. And Anchorage Emergency will be the people that can maybe help you try to save your life. After about five minutes, Anchorage came on and said, we understand you have a passed out pilot. And those of you do not know how to fly that plane. We said, that's right. They said, well, the first thing we got to do is find you. Now, never forget what this man at Anchorage said. He said, my job is to get you home safe he said that's my job but he said here's the deal if you want me to get you home safe you gotta promise me you'll obey my voice he said you can't see me but I can see you and he said if you're not gonna obey my voice you're gonna die when you can't see anything you have no idea how disorientated you become finally he said okay I found you now hear me clear he said you're four minutes from a mountain he said you're gonna crash in that mountain and die follow my voice. I never said, I have to follow your voice. Is that reasonable? You see, I understood without his voice, I had nothing. And do you understand? Without God's voice, you have nothing. Nothing. Finally, he got us turned and he said, I'm freezing all the traffic in the area. He said it's going to take me an hour and a half to get you to anchorage and there's a lot of weather between you and anchorage you're in for a rough ride and he said i want you to hear me i don't want you to look at what's going on outside i don't want you to pay attention to the storm just my voice he said if you start watching the storm you will die but i'll take you through it now because they cleared all the traffic several pilots those nighttime freighters those 747 started talking to us they said, we're praying for you, men. You're going to make it. But listen to the voice. That's the key. They said, trust the voice. Do you realize your head is full of voices? And everybody in this world wants to talk to you. And everybody wants to be the controlling voice. And God says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want you to put yourself on the altar let my voice be your voice. Finally, we went through the worst of the weather, but there was still more. And then the voice came back and he
4: said, now, nah, I'm going to line you up. He said, I'm going to bring you in right down the runway. And at the foot of the runway are some
3: lights, and they're in the form of a cross. He said, don't you forget this. The cross is the way home. Finally, he's bringing us down. We still can't see anything. And all he kept saying is, stay with me. My sheep, the Bible says, hear my voice, and they follow me. Finally, just a couple hundred feet off the ground, we saw a cross. I landed the plane. In fact, I landed it seven times. Finally, it all came to a stop, and the minute we stopped, the pilot woke up. The voice said, thanks for listening. I watch them crash and burn all the time because they won't follow my voice they don't understand I'm the one who can see them even when they can't see me but they get the voices in their head and they kill themselves they self-destruct thanks for listening to the voice then they put us in a motel room in about four in the morning knock at my door and I opened the door and a man was standing there. he said hello David I said you're the voice You're the one who got me home. He said, I am. Do you understand one day you're going to stand before him and say, you were the voice. You're the voice that brought me home. If you're not on that altar as a living sacrifice, your head's full of voices. And then we wonder why the kids crash and burn. We wonder why marriages are shattered. And the Lord's saying, I'm the one who has the voice. All I can remember is that voice saying, stay with me. Stay with me.
4: Don't listen to what's going on in your head and don't watch the storm.
3: Stay with me. And I'll take you through. Tonight you have a God who has promised to take you through a living
1: sacrifice holy this is our God you all this is our God so as we're focusing on application this year I can't stress it enough to you all (laughs) that you've got to keep your eyes on him you don't want to continue to be an enemy to his throne it's hard work It's not just poof, I said a prayer and poof, everything's okay, I can just slap his name on my life. That's not the gospel. You won't find that anywhere in here. You'll find that out there in many churches. But you have to remember Jesus himself looked at the religious leaders of his day and said, Your father is the devil. He says, you go and you travel far in your missionary journeys, but you're making them twice as much the son of hell as you are. The gospel, the truth of Jesus, it's the power to save. It's the power that rebirths you. It's a new nature. In and of yourself, you may not understand, but if you believe, If you believe, you should have a testimony. Our testimonies are different, but there has to come a day in your life where you say, that's the day, that's the hour, that's the time period that I recognize that I was an enemy of God. I was choosing to go my way. I have all these other voices leading me, but by the grace of God, he stepped in. And he says, no child, come this way. And I responded. Because unless you see yourself as his enemy, you'll never know him as your God. No, I told you years ago, 25 some odd years ago, in my condo, as I was laying there ready to take my life, I was the most hardened person. (laughs) I hated Christians. I hated Jesus. I was living my life. I was a total nut. I was a good man, I'm a good man. But inside I was a mess. And I didn't have a problem with who the identity that I chose to live. I figured that was who I was. And then everyone else was going to accept it. I had my flags. I did my marches. I crossed the, the KKK lines. I was thrown up in the bars by the police when they raided them. It didn't deter me on who I was. I was living whoever I want, living the life. But yet I find myself on a couch, ready to end my life. And the very one that I hated to the very depths of me, Jesus. Stepped in that day. And as the pills were going to my mouth, he says, Today you'll live. And in an instant, in an instant, I had never thought of him. I wasn't looking for him. (laughs) All of the sudden, flashbacks of sitting on my grandpa's front porch (laughs) and him reading the Bible to me, saying, Robbie, Jesus is calling you to preach his word. All of a sudden, the smells and the scent of, of my grandfather, his yard. And, you know, if there was anyone that I knew in my life that had Jesus as a best friend, it was my Paul. But I hadn't thought about him in years. He's been dead. I, I totally lost contact with that side of the family. But all of a sudden, those memories are flooding and the atmosphere changed. You can't make it up. And maybe that that doesn't happen for everyone. But I was a very dark person. (laughs) And all of a sudden, that presence in that room. Pills dropped out of my hands. My hands went over my head. And I said, oh, Jesus, you're real. Oh God. And yet his love and yet that peace, that accepts that acceptance, that all, all of that, not of me, but of him. And those words that pierce the depths of my being, today you'll live. I didn't know what was going to happen to me when I got up off of that couch, but I knew one thing and I said to him, oh God, Jesus, you show me and I'll follow you and little by little. And it wasn't easy. I fought tooth and nail to stay who I was. I said, surely you're okay with me. And I didn't need man to tell me I didn't need anything. It was his word. The Bible says if you seek Him, you will find Him. If you seek Him with all of your heart. And there came a day where I chose to stop listening to all the other voices. I chose on that condo, and we're at the beach, to get up from that floor and to say, I'm yours. I'm tired of fighting you. And when I opened up the door, Rich, my lover, was there. And he was like, you're leaving? I said, yeah. I just want him. I just want Jesus. I can't explain it. But he's done something to me. I'm his. I can't keep going my way and doing me. And I told you before, Rich always told me, Rich saw this incredible transformation take place Weeks where I was just laying in a corner, just feel like I was losing my mind, coming off all the drugs and the alcohol and just the chaos that was happening inside of me. But yet he kept telling me, like, wow, man, like, Rob, you're a different man. Like, I don't even know you. You're becoming a better man. And this God in whom you have found is going to eventually take you away. And I would say, no, no, he wouldn't do that. Why would he do that? And he was like, if if it was a man, or even if it was a woman, I would fight for you. But I don't know how to fight against this God. You see, this is God, you all. And you may not have that type of experience, but you ought to have an experience where you're humbled before him. Oh, God, I'm a sinner. God, I'm at war against your throne. God, I am sorry because he's pleased to reveal your nature to you. And ultimately that you would see your need for him, his great love for you. And you're no longer condemned if you would just receive from him. You're no longer condemned. All of that guilt, all that shame, all that longing, and all that warring, and everything else that goes on within us. And when it tries to remind you, or when people want to throw your past up to you, you say, oh, thank you for the reminder how good God is. Because I once was, you're absolutely right, I once was. But now I am. Thanks for reminding me how great my God is (laughs) and how rebellious my old nature is. Because Galatians tell us this flesh and the spirit, they war against each other. Oh, but you all, (laughs) what you feed breeds. If you're not walking in the peace of God today, if you're not walking in the assurance of God today, don't blame God if your position is still your hands and your fists raised towards him as if he's the problem, let it be known today, he's not the problem you are. (laughs) Because you haven't surrendered. Well, I want this, and I want this fixed in my life, and I've got this going on, and da, da 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 And you want him to be a genie. You want him to be this mystical force that just goes fix everything for you. When the problem is you, your mindset, your thoughts, your behaviors. Like when I finally got into the word, as crazy and as warped my mind was, and that scripture and Proverbs stood out to me, as you think, so you go. When I read in Genesis, the beginning of the book, it says, sin is crouching at your door. Its desire is to master you, but you must master it. All of a sudden, when I'm reading scripture, and I'm like, wow, This is the whole new way of living. You know, when I used to serve Satan, when I was in the occult, and I would go into rooms, and I would sense the darkness, I asked for greater levels of it to enter me. I believed I could suck the darkness in and just gain more strength. But when my eyes were open and I realized I was serving a lesser God, a lesser power, I was like, oh, Father, thank you that you've delivered me. Have you given them thanks? And he said, But you don't know what I struggle with, you don't know what I go through. Okay. I may not know the fullness, but if you ever want to sit down and bring it all out into the light, we can do it. But then I'm going to remind you, I may not know all of the ins and outs, but I know the one who does. And he's awakening you to his voice. And so I said last week, listen, you're never going to wake up and say, oh, I'm going to go follow Jesus, or I'm going to learn about Jesus. Oh, I want to get closer to God through Jesus. Your flesh would never do that. So even if that's ever, 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 ever happened to you, or maybe it's happening to you, but you're sensing yourself going every which way but the right one, (coughs) you realize you're choosing to deny him entrance. Oh, I don't don't got time today. I'll do it the way I want to do it. (laughs) And we're making it all about us and yet you remain an enemy towards him when he is pleased to reveal himself to you over and over and over and stirs up within you a hunger. Come, child, come closer, come closer. Learn of me, learn of me.
2: Because then...
1: When we surrender our lives, I'm telling you, the the level of freedom when you finally say, I can't live a Christian life. I I can't. It's too much for me. Then he says, good, you're out of my way. Remember what I said earlier? When you become a Christian, you receive the Holy Spirit, God in you. Power (laughs) to live a new life. And that's why the Bible says, do not continue to live a life that grieves the Holy Spirit. You're to walk in step with him, so that you will not give in to the flesh. There is a way in which we're called to live, you all. Romans 12. This is where we're heading. Carrie, these aren't this wasn't in the notes, but if you would add it. Romans 12. Again, we're talking about application. This is the word for this year that I'm praying for us, that you learn to apply truth. You want to see victory? You want to see freedom? Apply truth. It hurts. You're going to have to get rid of people. You're going to have to get rid of things. You're going to have to step out and say, no, that's, I don't do that anymore. I remember, I told you all this, but I remember the first night as a Christian walking into the club. And my favorite bartender had my shots all lined up. And I was like, oh, no, no, don't do that, don't do that. I, I'm not drinking anymore. But she already done poured them. And I said, here, I'll pay for them. Just just give them out. And I remember just being in there, the place that was my home for years. I loved it. Everything about it. All of a sudden, I'm like, I don't feel right in here. It wasn't the people. I wasn't judging the people. But for myself, like, uh, this doesn't feel like me any longer. I tried. I used to love to dance. I got out there and I tried. And I was just like, it just doesn't feel right. Again, it wasn't anything of the people. See, you have to remember, people can live however they want. They're not our enemies. They have a right to live however they want to identify as. They have a right to prosper and to live and to enjoy this life. They have a right to it, it's their god-given right they have a choice you want this earth you want to serve the created you want to long for the created you want to just give yourself to the created then that which you give yourself is your god and in the end as you can see with your own eyes what happens to that which is created it goes away. It's here today, gone tomorrow. Here today, gone tomorrow. Your very nature is chasing after the very thing that's killing you. And until you wake up to that, and you go, why am I continuing to pursue this? Because in the end, what am I getting? You see, my friends thought I lost my mind. My friends were like, ah, he's still queer. He's still whatever. He'll be back. Kept looking out, waiting for me to return. Waiting for the slip up. Waiting for the fall. (laughs) No, I go, God begins in you. He is faithful. Not me. Not you. He is faithful to complete it. You just got to keep following. You just got to keep believing. You got to keep trusting. My first years as a Christian, I told you were hell. And I, trust me, trust me, when I tell you I made God aware of that. I told you all this over and over. How dare you do this to my life? I wasn't asking for you. I'm going to take back my life. I'm going to do me, I'm going to do me, I'm going to do me. And the Bible is very clear. Oh, that's what you want? Have at it. He loves you enough. You want to keep chasing after yourself? You want to keep going after the creator? You want to keep blaming me for all your problems? That goes on? Oh. There you go. Get all you can. But in the end, when you stand before him, you're not going to be able to say anything except, oh, God. You see, everyone, everyone at the end, you know what everyone's going to have in common? They're going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But not everyone is entering. You will know that day and that hour. He's God. And then he'll look and say either, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter in. Or he'll look and say, I never knew you. You worker of iniquity. And he's a just God. He said, well, I don't like to hear about hell. No, I don't want to come to a church that teaches about hell. Well, then run amok. <laughs> because Jesus had a lot to say about it. <laughs> and we got a Christianity out there that, that wants to dismiss hell, dismiss sin, dismiss everything. They're, they're reconstructing the faith. And for what? Long and people asleep. Go to sleep, go to sleep. When you're called to be the light, when you're called to be his hands and his feet. You're called to walk upright. You're called to live. And even in the times that you fall, you get up and you repent. And if you wounded someone, you apologize. You reconcile. You get up and you move on. You don't keep being nasty. And call yourself a Christian. You don't bring attitudes in. I may say hi to you today. I may not. I got all this chaos going on in my life. Get out of my way. And we make it about us. I'm going to do me. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to do that. Oh, my day is horrible. And we just act a fool. And we blame everyone. And yet we're being ruled by the created. I keep asking y'all, are you giving thought and value to your soul? Because this realm, this realm, and this, the old nature, wants nothing more than to destroy it. And that's why Jesus says, do you understand the value Of your soul. Of your soul. See, I'm tired. I'm tired of of just sitting aside. (laughs) My prayer life is enriched. I said, God, if what I'm seeing doesn't really drive me to my knees and say, You are God. Like, Lord, we need people that raise up people, God, that are going to carry the banner of truth out to people and look at the captives and say, listen, there's a way out. I don't have to beat them down. You don't have to beat them down. Just live your life. Because when you see people who are burdened and hard-pressed on every side and yet you come along knowing they know you got issues going on in your marriage and in your life, But all that chaos and all this chaos is not running you. You're still upright. You're still, by faith, living. Why why are you different? Why aren't you gossiping with us any longer? Why aren't you going to the club with us any longer? Why aren't you doing this any longer? Oh, you think you're better than us? No, no, no. In fact, no, I don't. But it's because of the one who revealed himself to me. His name is Jesus. And I'm not ashamed. Of him. If you ever want to discuss it further, you know where I'm at. See, you just got to live your life. You will be hard pressed. You will go through. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Some of us just poof, I'm a Christian because I said a prayer and then we get up and we don't even know how to live. Because we're not seeking the author of life to sustain this life application applying 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 as you think so you go what does the word of god say how does he transform us by changing
0: the way we think
1: yeah until you get that you're going to walk in circles how the bible says how does he transform you from being all that that you were by changing the way you think the battlefield starts here that's why it says take every thought captive Bring it into the obedience of his lordship. And if you don't want to, that's fine. We don't look down on people. Do whatever you want. Live however you want. But if you're calling yourself a Christian, oh, I'm going to have problems with you. Because I'm supposed to. Because that's what the Bible says. The Bible says have nothing to do with someone who calls themselves a Christian and has anger problems. We just dismiss that as if it's nothing. You don't know what Michela did to me. I could be angry all I want and act a nut because I'm holding a fence towards her. Come on, people are dying, dying, boom, boom, dropping like flies. and we're still acting a mess. No, no. We need to care more about a people's eternities than their temporalness. We need to awaken to truth and say, God, I'm yours. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how to live, but God, here I am. I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. I'm not trusting man. I'm trusting you. I'm trusting your purposes, your purpose, You designed the church. You designed this family. You designed the church to be in the earth. Because she's your bride. And you're coming back for her. But until then, we need to live and prepare for his return. But until you... See, until you apply, you're never going to grow. So stop judging other Christians... Because they're not doing what they, what they used to do with you. <laughs> oh, now they think they're holy. Now they think, oh, they ain't got at all. No, yeah, no, no, no. No, no. Take yourself in the mirror. <laughs> and ask yourself, why are you resisting God? Because we're to be growing. We're all at different levels. But we all should want to be held accountable. Like, I'm not going to demand you to live at the, at, at the way I live. But I will call your attention to what Scripture says, if you're calling yourself a Christian. Like why would you continue going that way? Because see, I love you enough, just as you ought to love me enough. Like why would you continue to, to act this way? Like, do you see what the word of God says? Like, "Come on, brother, come on, sister." Like this is the standard. I didn't forget Romans 12. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all, listen to this, he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God, who? Who? God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then, and only then, you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Did you hear that? Highlight that. Circle that. Like God's will for you. It's not to keep you condemned and beaten down, like, oh, I'm just a horrible person. No, no, in the beginning, yes. Look, Rob, Look how filthy you are. You're an enemy towards my throne. Oh God, I'm sorry. He's quick, but I've got you, son. (laughs) I made you, I purposed you, I love you. I'm revealing myself to you because I'm going to pull you up out of it. (laughs) And you will know my will. It is good, it is pleasing, and it is perfect. Oh, if you would just meditate on that this week about your God. His will for your life is good, pleasing, and perfect. You'll have everything in this realm and this realm and this realm scream at you that that's not true. But would you just start believing it? Would you just start acting upon that truth? It goes on, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Do not think you are better than you really are. (laughs) Oh, the church needs to hear that in this generation. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself, measuring yourself by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we belong to each other. In his grace God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God is giving you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. God help us. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with a genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord. Oh God, highlight this, circle this, serve the Lord enthusiastically. Not, I'm just a Christian. I live this miserable life now. It's not a Christian life. Like, even in my darkest days as a Christian, when all hell was just battling up against me. Look up. Look up. Remind yourself of who your God is. He'll see you through it. He will see you through it. Because sometimes where we stay stuck in a season that doesn't seem we're progressing is because we're not serving the Lord enthusiastically. We're not serving others. We're so consumed with me, myself, and I. And you'll never go forward as long as you are the center of attention. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in the need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way. Do things. Who? You. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. What will people say about you if I called your loved ones or your co-workers or your friends this week? You should have a good, open dialogue with people. Ask them to give an honest assessment of your character around them. And not get ugly when they say, oh, well. But listen. Again, it's not about being perfect. There's a way in which you are to grow and mature. And there's a way in which you are to be living that's honoring Christ. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing so, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. And finally, (laughs) do not let evil conquer you. But conquer evil by doing good. It's application, you all. It's overcoming. It's living a life. You're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. You're an overcomer. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're blessed going in. You're blessed coming out. But not in that weird blessedness, that, that you know... Uh, Crazy folks want to hold up. My circumstances don't make me blessed. I'm blessed because of my identity, my adoption into the family of God. I'm blessed because I have a right to call him Abba, to call him Daddy. And I can trust him no matter what's going on. As everything was shaken to its very core and everything crumbled around us, we're still blessed. Because no one, no one, nothing can take his love away from us. Though the earth is shaking, we have been, if you're truly a Christian, you have been engrafted into a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Do you understand the level of confidence that you're walking in? Not, again, not confidence in of your own skills and of your own abilities, but the confidence in who your God is. Because if you know your God, huh, do what you want to me. Say what you want about me. I'm not going to be easily offended. Act a of fool. Act a f- whatever. Anything could go in an instant. In an instant, we're living in a time and a generation's fast pace. Again, 30 some odd thousand people in an instant dead, wiped off the face of the earth in Turkey and Syria. Do you understand what you're longing for? Do you, do you understand how you're living? See, we got to get real. We got to get right with God. We got to really take, I love what it said, an honest assessment. Are you a Christian? And if you're not, oh God, would you run to Christ? Because he's pleased to reveal himself. and Then learn of Christ. Do the next step get baptized. And then after baptism, get discipled. So you know how to apply truth. You're living one foot in and one foot out. Ooh. I wish you could show me this. I've asked people. I've asked, listen, I told you earlier, if you just follow Christian social media, all these bigwigs, all these people who have theological degrees, they've studied for years, they got all their doctor, they have all these things... Label after their name. And they're teaching this warped, watered-down gospel. I said, Lord Jesus, God Almighty, leading people astray. You all got to know that you know that you know that you know who God is. And I've asked people who are theological educated... Who, who who have you know been Christians for quite some time, over the years I've asked them, show me that in scripture. I'm not being mean, I'm just asking because maybe I misunderstood what the Lord was speaking to me, but if you could show me that in His word that I can live however I want, I can have the right to myself, then whoo I'll kick that door open and I'll be back tomorrow. I saw all my old friends, and every time I've done that, they him and hod, him and hod, hem and hod. Well, <laughs> well, Rob, you're different. How am I different? He's not a respecter. The word of God says he's not a respecter of persons. So I'm not gonna. Don't put me on a platform. Don't make it seem like I'm special in God's eyes. I mean, that's what they do. Well, you see, it's you're different. How? No, the problem is, is that your theology and what you're teaching doesn't line up with truth. You're giving the right to self to people. And that can't be done in the church. In the church. And I've told you over the years, if you're hearing a gospel that gives you the right to self, run from it. Because you won't find that anywhere. From Genesis to Revelation, you won't. Go to 1 Timothy. We're wrapping up. We're not going to get to all that I have, but we got a lot. (laughs) 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. More scriptures to encourage you to apply God's truth. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. Keep a close watch. On how you live. And on your teaching. Stay true. To what is right for the sake of your own salvation. And the salvation of those who hear you. Romans 13. Back to Romans. Romans 13 verse 14. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Clothe yourself with His presence. And in so doing, don't think of ways. Don't indulge in the ways of... And that's when people say, well, Oh, I'm a Christian, I can't do this anymore, and I can't do that anymore. It's not about. If that's what you're questioning. You're not. You don't really understand. The question is, why would you? Well, it's not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt me if I do this. No, but you know that you could be. You're, you're, you should think of others before you think of yourself. So you just give it in to that. You become a stumbling block. Like I, it's not a list of rules and laws. No, it's a person. It's God Himself that you're following. And you understand that the things and the decisions that you're making and doing out here is to honor him. You just don't go, oh, but I like it. Okay, okay. But is it honorable? Is, the, is, what, is what behind it honorable? Or does it lead to brokenness? And if it can even have a opening that can lead to brokenness, why would you want to partake of it? Because it feels right to you. No. Say no. You don't have to beat other people down if they want to do it. You just ask for me. I, I, I'm sorry. No, I'm not going to partake of that anymore. I don't have to tell people. Don't do this around me. Don't do that around me. I don't, I don't hand out a list of rules and laws to people who are in my life. <laughs> they just know. Except Miss Shayla. She knows if she uses a bad word in front of me, I'll smack her mouth. than that, I don't give rules and laws to people. So you don't stop being offended by how the lost are living. Don't be disgusted. Don't stir up your nose like, oh, how? Well, what else are they, do you expect them to do? You, should, if you want to turn your nose up to someone, look at yourself, Amen. you know, and say, oh, how can I walk that way when no, that's not honorable to you. Oh, God, help me. Forgive me, Lord. I want to do better. See, you don't beat yourself up and play that weird game that we do. I'm a bad Christian. I can never do anything right. Oh, I don't know. Do you understand? All of that is deception trying to keep you out of the presence of God. So then how are you going to clothe yourself with his presence and not give in to these indulges that are evil? Go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. Oh, it's been a week. I've got a lot of pent-up gospel in me. <laughs> For once, Ephesians 5, verse 8. For once, you, who, you, We're full of darkness. But now, you, who, you, have light from the Lord. So, with this understanding, if you are a Christian, let us people as light. Let us people as light. It doesn't matter what your background was. It doesn't matter anything about what's behind you. No. What matters now is the empty tomb. The resurrected Christ sitting on the right hand of the throne of God. That says, you belong to me. Follow me, child. Follow me. This week's and this is the last week you're going to get a major theological term. I hope you've enjoyed it. (laughs) If you haven't, then would you go back and look at the old notes and understand these terms and how they can impact your life? See, you have to apply, you have to give thought, you have to meditate upon, you've, you've got to gain knowledge. Just having the knowledge doesn't make it wisdom. But here it is, here's your term for this week, union with Christ. Here's the definition. Union with Christ is the biblical description of the believer's relationship to his Savior. By faith, the believer embraces Jesus as presented in the gospel. And listen, oh, when you get the notes, highlight that, circle that. Don't miss what was just said. By faith, the believer embraces Jesus as presented in the gospel. Listen, if you're sharing Jesus with other people and you're not sharing the gospel, you're sharing a lesser God. You're not sharing the true Jesus and you see that all out there running them up throughout the earth. As we have this watered down Jesus being presented. Well, you know, God loves you. Long people to sleep. Oh, Jesus is okay with that. You know, Jesus was gay. Do you understand what's being taught out there? Just live however you want. Jesus did away with God. There's no more wrath. Like, see, you got to know your God so you can at least have conversations with people, not attacking them. Listen, it's like I was telling you, Yvette. Listen, we all know what happened at the Grammys. But why are all these Christians acting a nut over Sam Smith? What did they expect him to do? It is who he is. It's what he believes. He wants to prance around and do all that. You ought to be praying for the man. I once used to do it like him. Not on that platform. But why are we acting a nut over it? We ought to be broken. Like when I see him on the streets of New York this week, and he's walking, you know, and these soap—and they're not Christians, Amen. but these so-called Christians who are screaming at him, mm-hmm. "You belong in hell. You're of the devil." That's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. And yet they think of themselves highly. And I go, he's got more hope to be saved than you. Amen. Because somehow you think that you're right with God. You see, it's the gospel that's being presented. It's the gospel of, of, of sharing with people. Like, you realize you're, you're an enemy of God. God's not your enemy for so long. Listen, my whole life, God hates you, God hates you, God hates you, God hates you, God hates you. That's all I heard. Okay, and yet that is true. But they left out the key point is that his love for me is greater. And he's made a way out to expose why he has an issue with me. Because I'm his enemy. Remember, I keep telling you, scripture. See, you got to know scripture. That's why you should be in church. You should be getting discipled. You got to know scripture. So you can present the gospel. You don't force people to pray a prayer, 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 pray a prayer. prayer. And then this weirdness that we do about the Holy Spirit—we oh, got to be baptized in in, in tongues. Yeah, you got to know tongues, and then you go behind people and say, "Repeat after me, re-tie my bow tie, Rita my bow tie, Rita my bow tie. What the hell are we doing in church? Making a mockery of people and of, of a mockery of the Spirit of God? The gifts of God are still active. People have that gift, but what on earth are we doing, acting a fool? I'm so passionate because there's an awakening taking place when I see all this crazy stuff going on. My like, God, come on. The gospel. It's the Jesus presented in the gospel that's the true Jesus. The gospel. Salvation. Do you understand what the price that was paid for you? Do you understand that if if all he did was go on that cross, then we have no message. But because he rose again, and we just don't celebrate that on that one day, it's every day. Resurrected. He defeated sin and death. So why is it still mastering you? It's not supposed to. Are you saying we're never going to sin? No. Even the Bible in 1 John, it says, I write to you so that you will not sin. But if you do, remember who he is. It's his loving kindness that humbles you. It says, that was the wrong attitude, Rob. Repent. Repent. Like we don't treat it lightly. But the gospel needs to be preached in order for the true Christ to be revealed. To be revealed. I told you that one story. I'm going to hurry you all. But I told you that one story. My first night ever preaching at this conference. Preaching up a storm. And that young woman in the back kept catching my eye. <clears throat> and sometimes even when I'm up here... I don't know if it happens to you, but I could be preaching, blah, blah, blah. but I'm praying because the Spirit of God is giving me insight on things that are going on. And that's what was happening. At the end, she finally mouses her way up. Going in the talk. I listened. Very compassionate, very moved by her story. And I said to her, I'll pray for you. And i never forget, she looked at me with that look mm-hmm. and took a step back and she's like, what, you're, you're not asking me to pray a prayer? I said, oh no, you're not ready. Mm-hmm. What? She it was even more fit. What do you mean I'm not ready? No, no. <laughs> I am not going to force you to say a prayer in which your heart is not ready for. He's plowing it up. But let's be honest with each other here. Are you ready when you step out of this place to truly follow him? She just broke. No. I said, so, I'm not going to have you pray a prayer because I don't put power, mystical power, in words. The power is in God who speaks forth the word. Weeks later, she prayed a prayer. And she her whole life changed. She's a new creation. Just present the gospel, you all. Sow the seed. You're not Holy Ghost Junior. You're not going to harvest it. You just sow in water, sow in water, sow in water. The Bible says it's the Holy Spirit who harvest it. But God, back to our definition union with Christ. Union with Christ is the biblical description of the believer's relationship to his Savior. By faith, the believer embraces Jesus as presented in the gospel. God then unites the believer spiritually to Jesus as his mediator. This personal connection to Jesus is the source of all the believer's privileges. All that Christ accomplished for the believer is shared by virtue of this unbreakable union. Oh, get the notes. Meditate on that, be encouraged by it. Listen, I share with y'all, I know people would rather just come in, give me a good word and let me leave, Rob. No, I care too much about you all. I'm not up here for myself. I've done preaching to myself all week. <laughs> I care because I know when you get up from here, you've heard a lot. I just got a little bit more. But you're, you're hearing a lot. <sighs> And this realm in which you cannot see, there's a war going on. This realm that's here is just waiting for you to step out of here. And this right here, that old nature is wanting nothing more than to say, <laughs> what about me? I've got just a couple hours with you. How many hours on in a day?
0: 24.
1: So the other, I know it's a quick math, right? The other twenty-two hours after you leave this place, and then twenty-four times six, whatever that is, you're not forgive me.
0: Just give me a
1: minute. You're being bombarded out there. You're being bombarded, and everything that's bombarding you is trying to snatch this word out. Uh, go read the parable that Jesus describes. What happens to people who sit under teaching? And only the ones with good soil receive everyone else. And in his parable, he even tells us, oh, there's going to be those who will sit in here and they're going to be like, yes, 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 pastor. Yes, that's true. That's true. But as soon as they walk out, life hits them. And the Bible says it's choked out and it's snatched out. And they leave the faith. They turn, they go the rest of the week running amok. That can't continue to be the norm. That can't continue to be the norm. Because then what are we doing? What what are we doing then? I talk to other pastor friends and people that I know, and and I hear kind of what they go on, things that are happening, and I just go, but how are you all addressing it? Oh, no, no. Well, you know, we're, we're just believing God's going to move, and you know, blah, 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 and you know, they, they give good tithes, and you know, we don't want to stir up because the family's been so riched in our church for many generations. Throw them out. Yes. What on earth have we gotten ourselves into we're allow- when we're allowing people to run the church the body, the bride of Christ, and making a mockery of her. Oh, no, no, no. Listen, y'all want to act a fool. Y'all act a fool. I love you enough. Go. Go. <laughs> Have your share. But, oh, no. No, that's not. that can't happen. Especially this year. I've told you all who's been here for a while, like, this year's going to be different... You're expected to grow. You're, you're expected to mature. You're expected. And you can't blame anyone else. If at the end we get to December and you're no different than how we started, you can't blame anyone else. It's you, it's me, myself, and I. Because I chose to long for the created and not the creator. Many of seasons I've cried out to him as a believer. Like, God, I'm, I feel empty. See, so you just gotta be real with him. You just gotta be transparent. And he says, well, you forgot my promise. What promise was that, Lord? Come to me. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Go read Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through. See, I said this over the years. We just read it at funerals. And that's sweet. But listen, it's a warfare prayer. You say, how? Listen to the words. Why are you saying that over the dead? No, you ought to be saying it to yourself. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Do you know what that's a symbol for? Discipline. So when you're saying that, you understand you're, you're asking for his discipline. And you'll find comfort in his discipline. Because then you find the scripture that says... He disciplines those that he loves. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I've shared with you before. In my natural mind, God, I don't want that. I don't want your table set. Deal with them, God. Deal with them. Trust me, I've been through some stuff as a Christian. And that's, that, that's me being honest. That's how it was with God. You deal with it. No, I don't want your table. I don't know you. Why aren't you doing something about this? Why? It's been over a year. He says, It's you that <laughs> I want to change your perspective on life. How, God? How? Sit at that table that i prepared for you in the presence of your enemies. See, in the natural, it doesn't make sense, but when you understand the spiritual, do you understand what it means to be... Y'all probably can testify of, of seasons. Maybe you're in one now where the enemy is surrounding you. It's devouring. He's devouring everything. Get your eyes off the enemy. And he says, come, child. I prepared this table for you. Sit and eat. Do you understand what that does to the enemy? When you take the chair and you take your rightful place at the table that's been prepared for you, he devours himself. Yes. Because now I'm not looking out here, oh, wait, that's what you wanted all along, God, over this year? You just wanted me to sit to be in your presence and just enjoy the fruit in which you've prepared for me? Oh, I used to curse the table. But now I say, God, no. (laughs) Bring me. Keep that invitation open. I mean, there's a way to look and understand Scripture and how you're to be living. I don't know if you're living this way. But if not, then keep coming. Learn. Join when you can on Friday nights, on Wednesdays. Come be a part of a family. If you're unable to because we all got crazy schedules, then reach out and say, Rob, I got an hour. This is the hour I have available. Can we make something happen? See, you're only going to grow by the level you put in. Now, if you choose to remain ignorant, that's you. Are you calling me ignorant? Yes. Huh. Because you're ignorant of the word of God. Am not going to play games with you. You want to remain that way. That's your
2: choice. But in the end, in the end, in the
1: end, you have to answer to him. You're not answering to me. You're not answering to the others around you. You're going to answer him. What did you do with what I gave you? Jesus. Jesus. you can have all the excuses, they're going to amount to nothing. You're no different than someone who has never... Braced the doors of a church. The attribute of God, we have started last week, I'm coming in, I'm landing the plane. I want to do this this year because I want you to know your God. What's an attribute? His character. He reveals himself in his word. You ought to know your God so that you're able to stand and stand therefore then when chaos is erupting around. When's the last time you walked in to Walmart and prayed before you walked in? Ross. Oh, I hate Ross. That's enough to that make my nerves shot. But I remember going in Ross years ago and I was, Wah! and God said, Look at you. That's ugly, Rob. And I'm like, But God, why is it so chaotic in here? He says, Why aren't you praying? Oh. I never forget I started praying all of a sudden there's this one little worker she's just down on the ground everything's thrown down God bless her and she looked up at me and I looked down at her and I was like oh let me help you <laughs> I begin to help her and she said but you don't have to I said it's okay I said hey before I, before I leave you how can I pray for you I don't know how long we sat there
0: and I heard about her
1: life. How her husband just left her. She has three kids. I said, I'm to pray for you. That's right. Give me a big hug. Thank you. You're welcome. Never saw her again. I believe that's a seed planted. But you see, if I would have been caught, still caught up in myself, do you see what we miss out on? your office, wherever you work, pray before you go in. Pray when you get up. Pray when you're around family members that irritate you. Pray. Like, God, help me. Like, God, you see, oh, I'm so, this is ugly how I'm reacting. So God, help me. My beautiful, sweet sister-in-law, God bless her over the years when I was running amok. And she just kept praying, just faithfully praying for me you a praying woman. But I would show up at their house with my crazy friends, with my holes in my breeches, and just flamboyant, just acting a nut. And i forget one time, I was just drunk as a skunk. And she called me outside. She pulled me aside and looked at me and she says, you, you know, you show up here and you try your hardest for us to react. She says, but I'm not going to react this Rob I just remember looking at her I just said, I love you you're always welcome I go wow I don't think I ever went back <laughs> it wasn't until years later I gave my life to Christ I show up knocking at their door and just collapsed letting them know what Jesus has done in my life so we got to stop being easily offended because, listen, if it were not for the grace of God, if you're a true Christian, you would be just acting nutty as they are, and just as foul and abusive and just nasty as they are. Stop being so easily offended. So we got to know our God. We got to know his character. We got to know that we know that we know who he is so that we can get up each day no matter what we're facing. Put him on. It's something new. It's how we're living because we know who he is. Last week we we heard the attribute God is infinite. He is self-existing without origin. This week God is immutable, which means He never changes, never changes. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Malachi 3, 6. God does not change. Who he is never changes. His attributes are the same from the beginning of time into eternity. His character never changes. He never gets better or worse. His plans do not change. His promises do not change. This ought to be a source of incredible joy for believers. Sam Storm writes this about the good news of God's unchanging nature. This is what he says. What all this means, very simply, is that God is dependable. Our trust in him is therefore a confident trust. For we know that he will not indeed and cannot change. His promise... I'm sorry... His purposes are unfailing. His promises unassailable. It is because the God who promised us eternal life is immutable that we may rest assured that nothing, not trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword shall separate us from the love of Christ. It is because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever that neither angels, nor demons, nor neither the present, nor the future, nor even powers, height, depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is our God, you all. This is our God. We'll pick up with the Heidelberg Catechism next week. And the other scriptures that we're walking through next week. But listen you all. Listen. listen. It's been a, a roller coaster of a week. My heart has been so broken. Over the condition of the church. Not just this church. But the church. She's being bombarded. Left and right. And we need people. In the church that's going to be able to stand with the assurance of who our God is and begin to war. We got to learn spiritual warfare, you all. We got to understand what it means and how to live. If not, then we're just making a mockery of our God. So I want to close with a prayer. The Lord had me pray years ago. And then I want to close with this song of worship in hopes to encourage you. You have to remember, before Christ, we're just lost. but When we come to Christ, he awakens us to this level of understanding. Like when you hear this prayer, I wasn't maybe maybe one or two years in as a believer and I was asked to pray over a city. God wants us to do great things, you all. I don't have any theological education degrees behind my name. What I have is ordination from a local body the pastor and his wife and that body of Christ said, we see the call on your life. And God has called us and not, it's just not me or Gilda any longer. He's called us to church this way. We're, we're a local body of uh, of believers. We are the church. We choose to do it this way because I can't tell you how many people have come in and out of this home over the years And receive the good news of the gospel. I was looking at that sign behind me, Shayla 24 7. I've had many opportunities to go plant churches or be part of church plants or to do, but God has called us out. He says, Open up your home 24 7. Don't turn it off or turn it on. It's consistency. I'll leave you with this last testimony. And then I'll play. But I I, I shared with you all before if you've been around about this woman who gave her testimony. She was being violently beaten by these men who, who were desirous to rape her. And as she's making her way, fighting them off and running up the street, she looked up and there's the church. And as she was running up the steps to the doors, she went to pushing the church. This was late at night. And the doors were locked. They wouldn't open. And these men were coming up the stairs and she cried out. She wasn't a Christian. She cried out, God, if you're real, open these doors. And she pushed on those doors and she fell in to the church. And she pulled herself behind the pew, and those men left. The next morning, she was snatched up by the pastor and a janitor and these other men in the church and thrown out. How dare you be in here? She kept trying to explain and they just slammed the doors. She said, at that moment, I could have been offended at the church. But she says, those men didn't open up those doors. It was God. And now she goes around and she talks and shares. I heard this 20 some odd years ago. It so impacted my life. And she goes around and she shares. She travels all over the places. Sharing the good news of the gospel. Of the God who can unlock a door. Men may want to throw you out. Women in the church may dismiss you. But listen, listen, don't get easily offended. It's God. It is God who has called you out as his own. So go live as such. Be encouraged by this, and then I'll close us in prayer. You are the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I worship you and love you for being omnipotent, almighty, and absolute in your transcendent greatness and unequaled power. Thank you that no matter how threatening the forces of darkness become, those who are with us are always more than those who are with them. I affirm that your almightiness is unapproachable by any challenger and that your power is full of glory. I worship you, Heavenly Father, in the worthy merit of the Lord Jesus Christ. I affirm that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I hold all his person and work directly upon my life as my protection during this time of prayer. I choose to abide in his incarnation, his cross, his resurrection, his ascension, and his glorification. I come in humble obedience to use the weapons of the warfare against the darkness that is seeking to rule the people of Athens, this country, and the world. I affirm that the weapons you have given to me to use are filled with divine power that is sufficient. To demolish every stronghold satan has built to hold back your will and plan i confess the awful wickedness and sins that i my family and the people of athens have committed wash us afresh in the blood of the lord jesus christ that there be no hindrance to your fellowship and blessings upon us I apologize to you for the offense against you represented in the wicked sins characterizing Athens. I recognize that when people abandon themselves in such sinful rebellion, much ground is being given to Satan to rule in our city. My only hope is knowing that the finished work of my Lord Jesus Christ is sufficient payment for even these. I ask you to bring about all that is necessary to grant us the gift of repentance and a broken humility before you. I invite you to draw near the people of Athens until we are humbled and broken before you in a revival awakening greater than any that has ever been. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I use the weapons of my warfare to demolish and weaken every throne, dominion, princely ruler, authority, power of darkness, and wicked spirit in the heavenly realm that is organized stratus eyes to hinder revival. I ask the Holy Spirit to hold the mighty power of the shed blood and finished work of my Lord Jesus Christ constantly against these strongholds to cause their destruction and defeat. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of his blood, I pull down all levels of the strongholds of pornography, the strongholds of perverted sex, the stronghold of adultery and prostitution. The stronghold of drug use and promotion. The stronghold of the drug supplier's protection. The stronghold of alcohol addiction. The stronghold of abortion practices and promotion. The stronghold of cursing and vile language. The stronghold of unbelief and humanism. The stronghold of the New Age teaching. The stronghold of the occult promotion and activity. The stronghold of Satan worship. The stronghold of television and media and distortions, the stronghold of religious cults, the stronghold of liberal theology promotion and false doctrines, the stronghold of violence and crime, the stronghold of child abuse in all its forms, the stronghold of divorce and family disunity, the stronghold of materialism and greed, the stronghold of peer pressure, the stronghold of spiritual deafness and spiritual blindness, the stronghold blocking people sharing their faith, the stronghold blocking people from receiving Christ. The stronghold of lack of care for the homeless and hurting. The stronghold of disunity and distrust in the body of Christ. The stronghold of attacks on pastors, Christian workers, and their families. The stronghold of spiritualism and evil supernaturalism. The stronghold of promotion of hate rage and violent anger, the stronghold of hindrance of the recruitment and funding of missionaries, the stronghold of pride, spiritual haughtiness and indifference, the stronghold of intellect, and the stronghold of neglect of Bible study and prayer. In the name of Jesus, I pull down these strongholds, and I pray their wicked work back upon them. I make, hallelujah, I ask my loving Father in heaven to assign his holy angels, To engage in direct combative defeat of these strongholds of evil. And I bind the work of evil powers in each of these strongholds. And I invite the Holy Spirit to unleash His mighty convicting power upon the people who are in bondage to them. I ask Him to exalt the Before the spiritual understandings of such people and to convict them deeply of their accountability to God in the coming judgment. I ask the Holy Spirit to open their spiritual eyes to see their need for the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. May this revival for which I pray bring multitudes in a saving relationship with Him. I address my prayer against the stronghold assigned to keep God's people from believing you for revival awakening. Surely there must be many that are working to make your people look more oh Lord, satisfied with our materialism and blind your spiritual needs. I rule down the strongholds name and my name and I pray for a great moving of the Holy Spirit to us. Oh God, a hungering and a thirsting after righteousness. May the Holy Spirit arise body of Christ. Pour out your spirit upon us, O Lord. In the name of my Lord Jesus Christ. I plead for a revolutionary revival. One that cannot be contained to one church or one denomination. But one that will flood the city of that Thank you, Lord Jesus, God, uh, just for your your word.